this episode of The Full Nerd, Core i9 for laptops and Hades Canyon. Oh, during this portion, the mics are still hot, by the way. Oh, wait. <laughs> People don't know that. I just had tell Mark. Welcome to the Full Nerd, episode 45, recorded on April 3rd, 2018. I'm your host, Gordon. Gordon, I can't even get my name right. I needed some water. Gordon Maung with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Special guest, Mark Hockman. Hey, guys. And... Dan is here because Adam's on a beach. Yep. Dan Masoka. Special producer. Special producer. Yes, special producer. producer Dan Masoka. And I did not mangle his name. Very proud of that. Uh, of course, the big news, if you have been looking at the front page of PCWorld.com or any place on the internet that oh, cares yeah. about things that matter, Core i9 for laptops. Crazy, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, though, uh, Core i9 for desktop. Got you crap loads of cores, right? 10 to 18 cores. These are not quite that. Um, there is how many Core i9s, Mark? There's like there's actually only one Core i9, but and it is six cores, twelve threads, which is pretty darn good. But you know, not 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 as good as a desktop, but still 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 certainly what you would want for I guess a gaming laptop. Right. Know. Yep. Um, so should we just launch into it? I guess no. So I okay. I guess the one thing though is I because I, I you know for me I think everybody's talking about oh Core i9 Core i9 right. Core i9 because it's such a you know, hey, it's too better than Core i7, but it really doesn't encompass what er- everything, all the news that is today. That in fact, no. most ninety percent of what people are going to get will not be a Core i9. Oh, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, we don't. I mean, obviously, we don't know what the Core i9 is going to be priced at. So the Core i9 is is right now. It's it's six thre- Like I said, six cores, twelve threads, uh, two point nine gigahertz base clock, four point eight gigahertz uh, Turbo Boost Tech two point um, and that includes something called thermal velocity. <laughs> yeah, thermal velocity. We'll talk a little bit about Maybe, later, I guess. Should we have yeah. Dan? Can you pull up that first slide that has the sorry audio listeners? We can try to walk you through it yeah. if you're listening in audio. Dan is going to pull up the slide. Maybe. All right. Give me sure. one second. Hopefully, it's not uh, pictures of his dog. Mm-hmm. Is he? So that, oh, that's that's slide two. That's yep. slide two. Mm-hmm. Oh, slide one. Give us the speeds and feeds if you want. The speeds and feeds. Uh, is it this one? No, that's us. Okay, that's <laughs> okay. So that's this it. is that's the it. mobile processors. Right. Uh, Mark is going to run us through the ones that were announced today. These right. are technically all Coffee Lake H mm-hmm. is the code internal code name. Exactly. Intel. Yep, that's right. So I mean, really, the ones that you're going to want to focus upon probably the Core i nine, which I guess what going to be probably out of reach for most people as far as price is concerned. It's I mean, going to be the yeah. tippy top eighty nine fifty HK Core i nine eighty nine fifty HK. Right. Two nine to four eight. Yeah. Now the I guess probably the more interesting ones are probably the ones that are down a little bit ways. I mean you're not going to obviously buy a Xeon, but the Core i7s, the eighty eight fifty H and the eighty seven fifty H, both uh, it's a two point six and a two point two gigahertz processor, boosting to four point three, four point two, six cores, twelve threads, nine gigs. Sorry, nine megs of RAM or nine megs of cache, I should say. Um, those are the ones that probably people are going to be buying. Um, I think that uh, pretty much, um, I mean, one of the things that we, we, we should note about the Core i7-8850H is the fact that it's partially unlocked. I don't think we've seen that before, and we talked a little bit about that offline. It's a, it allows you, it's not like a, 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 a multiplier unlock. It gives you essentially 400 megahertz more, and that's right. it. So four bins. Yeah, four oh. bins, exactly. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Um, 
I mean, really, these are, you know, just these sort of the, the second chat. I mean, these are more Coffee Lake processors. I mean, there's, um, you know, uh, we don't, again, we don't know the prices of these, but right. I mean, these are, these are sort of the top line, you know, top, top tier gaming processors. I mean, it's right. pretty solid stuff. So these are all, uh, for people who don't know, these are all 45 watt processors. That's right. Uh, for people who can't see the slide, obviously. Uh, two i7s, 8850H, i7 8750H, mm-hmm. give up maybe 100 megahertz on the boost end, uh, two two on the on low end. And then two i5s, i5-8400H, i5-8300H. Both of those, I think, are actually pretty interesting. We can actually come back to us, Dan, I don't think, right. uh, unless people are taking notes here. We have a couple of questions. Uh, Ruto is asking if uh, the core i9 uh, has one hour, hour battery life, <laughs> and will it have quad-channel memory? No, it has... Du- well, it's, it, it's, but everything has two channels Dual. of DDR4, yeah. 2066. 2666. Uh, the Xeons have ECC. Uh, yeah. and everything else does not. Yeah, and that's, that's typical the way they, they break it down. Xeon, they unlock the ECC support. Yep. Uh, consumers don't get it. Right. But they all have Dude, are octane there even memory quad channel. Are there even quad channel laptop CPUs? No, no, there are. I don't recall no. saying that. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's limited only to Core i nine on desktop, uh, and clearly yeah. that I think there will be some disconnect there because you when you think about Core i nine on the desktop, you're looking at like oh two thousand oh, yeah, dollar eighteen core right. repurposed Xeon, right? These are not quite that. No, I'm not sure what the prices will be on these. We don't know. So, yeah, so the, I mean the, the core count. Sorry, go ahead. Looking at these, interestingly to me, like the the big deal about Core i9 on desktop is the fact that it has so many cores. But looking at this chart, it looks like uh, the Core i9 mobile chip is basically just a faster Core i7. Yes, right. yeah. yes. Yeah. So basically, higher clocks is a message. It's not higher thread count. Mm-hmm. But you get thermal thermal. I can't get it right. What's it called? Thermal thermal velocity boost. Thermal velocity yeah, boost, folks. That sounds got, pretty good. It's yeah. got more of that. Yeah, more exactly. thermal velocity boost. So what is thermal velocity boost? Should we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I think we definitely should because yeah. it, it did come up with a briefing yep. uh, from Intel. So this is only a feature of the 8950HK and it maxes out after 4.6 gigahertz. That's the turbo boost. But what happens is if you have a processor that's sort of in a, I don't want to say a, a cooled state, but a cool state, um, you'll sometimes get 200 megahertz more. And the thing of it is, is that normally we talk about, we, we expect these things to sort of kick in. This is like an optional boost. I mean, it'll happen if the conditions are right. Otherwise, right. you won't get it. But yeah. basically what'll happen is it'll boost a single cord by 200 megahertz, or it'll boost uh, all of the cores by about 100 megahertz. Um, yeah. And this is something we haven't seen before. Um, but, you know, you always wonder about, like, how is Intel going to eat out more clock speed, more clock speed, and this is sort of like kind of feels like they're <laughs> kind of trickling out, like running out of room a little bit. But I mean, you're you are getting a boost uh, in this regard, and so if you've got a, a processor that I guess is, is is either cooled or just again in a cool state, then yeah, there I think their official uh, the line of demarcation is if the processor is under fifty C. That's right. Yep. You get your 50 thermal C. Yeah, fifty C. Yeah, <laughs> seems pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I do think that's. Uh, and I will say we probably saw what ten or eleven or twelve different core, you know, Coffee Lake laptops sure. at the demo. Mm-hmm. Only the biggest and the burliest of those were probably going to get the Core nines, right? Because you, you really needed the multiple heat pipe, the really great big, big Berthas that could disperse that heat, so you could right. hit fifty C and, and really get your your boost. Because right. otherwise, what do you you know if you're not getting that uh, hundred or two hundred megahertz? Uh, 
a clock, then you're not getting that much more over an i7. We have confirmed we have three uh, laptops on all the Core i9. It's a Dell Alienware 17-inch, the Asus ROG G703 70-inch, and the MSI GT75, also a 17-inch. Oh, okay, yeah. And these are all, well, I'm yeah, very again... very curious to see how that winds up, because you would think that this would be used for gaming, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's jack these and do gaming. But 50C is ridiculously cool for a laptop to be running during games there's i'm doubtful that this will have much effect on games as a result well but it is just um you know in most games are single threaded you know whatever mm-hmm. peanut gallery most of them are single threaded if you have a dedicated heat pipe mm-hmm. or heat pipes for the cpu you might mm-hmm. be able to hit it i mean i i if it's if they've Design the they engineer the, the yeah. cooling right, <laughs> and you separate the CPU from the GPU from heating up everything. Then you might be able to hit it. Yeah, so. but I agree with Brad. Though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed like they already called it an opportunistic type thing, um, and yeah, <laughs> it did seem a little bit more on the marketing side than an actual yeah, something that would happen in the real world. Yeah. So, so you just have to play outside in the Northeast, right? There you now, go. Exactly. The, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's a winter processor. But you know, they are making some pretty bold claims. Like I got, I printed out the slide here because you know I like my printouts. But where, where the hell? Where, where they're saying uh, it probably didn't print. Like the is, one thing I wanted to print. There they're saying, uh, oh, this is not even the one. Of course, <laughs> yes, it did not actually print the one I wanted. Well, actually, that thing. other slide. Actually, Dan, the one that you pulled up for slide one, that would have it. All right, that has the turbo boost. But oh. the performance claims they're they're claiming. I mean, like pretty. Oh right. I mean, and, they're claiming to really, I don't know if Brad can see that or not, yeah, um, and I can't I, read that I've, I've on read the screen. I've read these decks, and I have comments once you're done. Yeah. All right. He's, should we yield the floor to Brad? I haven't actually, because I can't find They it. do have really crazy performance claims, something like, you know, 29% better versus a three-year-old system, mm-hmm. 68% faster photo editing, et cetera, et cetera. And it looks really impressive at first glance, but if you dig into the system configuration numbers, the... Th- New core uh, eighth gen that's being used is not just the new CPU, it's with Optane memory. Um, and the system that they're comparing it against is only using a standard hard drive, not an SSD. So these performance claims that I see in this deck, take that with a grain of salt. They're cheating. Well, I, you know, I mean, there are some games that are streaming. I'm sorry, did we cut oh, you off? Mm-hmm. Wait, are we losing no, Brad? I'm good. I'm good. So, I mean, I like they're saying, yeah, 41%. And they're saying so a Core i9 8th gen mm-hmm. will give you 41% up to, of course, uh, uh, 41% better frame rate right. than a 7th gen i7, uh, assuming that's the same uh, GPU in both. I That's that's pretty bold. But I don't think the Optane is going to be the one, you know, unless it's something that is streaming... I mean, is that? Do you think that's what they're saying? Optane can make a big difference in performance. Yeah, if you go if you go down to the like, I have this full deck. You sent it around. If I if you go down to the bottom, it'll say the comparison system just has a standard SSD, right, or HDD, and uh, this specific eighth gen model is using Optane memory module, and that does. You tested it. It can make a big difference in performance. Right under. I mean, but certain games that are streaming in, right? That was the. I think mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that. So if you are playing a game where you're you're having to stream in assets from your hard drive, yep. it definitely can, games. can make a difference. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if if the if the thermals are right, and you're what I mean, what was the the previous seventh uh, gen quad was what are the top out of maybe four two maybe four? It yeah. wasn't even really four, right? 
four gigahertz in single thread. It right. was fairly Something low. Like that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. If you're really getting up to eight an eight hundred megahertz overclock, well, a higher clock in single threaded loads over a previous one that could hit say three eight. At gigahertz, mm-hmm. you do see a very decent amount of, of frame rate increase in certain games that are not GPU limited, right? So yes, it, there you know some of it could be real, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not I'm not calling it BS. I'm just saying that this was, as always with these press marketing slides, sure. these are specifically selected to this show maximum performance right. versus suboptimal older systems. Yes, right. and so, definitely, I, I think if yeah, if you're going to go out and play Far Cry Five on a on a laptop on an i9, you're not going to see forty one percent right frame rate right. increase over a you know current ten eighty versus next gen ten eighty with i nine. It's sure. not going to be forty one percent faster. Should right? we talk about a little bit about what I mean? Because Brad brought up Optane. Should we talk a little bit about how they're going to be sh- telling you if Optane is in the system? Um, yeah, that that that's actually very interesting. But you know, actually before that, I just want to sure. talk about that one partial unlock thing. So like that i seven. So Mark mentioned earlier the core i seven eighty eight fifty H is partially unlocked, which. They've never done before. No, mm-hmm. there have been, there have been, you know, we've seen this on desktop where you could, you know, you have, uh, you know, lower end chips that were unlocked. Not everything's unlocked. You couldn't like say over overclock memory or certain knobs. You couldn't, but it was kind of unlimited. But this is the first time I think we've seen them say only four hundred four hundred megahertz overclock. Right? Yeah, and they didn't even make it clear during the presentation. I had to go back to them and ask them about that. So it makes you wonder if they're planning on if this will be an approach in the future. Because yeah. I kind of wonder if like Intel's going. You know, uh, AMD has a really good message. You know, hey, you want to know which Ryzen's are unlocked? The simple answer is like all of them. Right. Right. So right. with our parts, we sort of have weakness there. People want cheap parts that are unlocked. So here, well, we don't want to, we still want to market on it. So how can we do this? So yeah, I it, do wonder if we're going to see that in desktop. Too. Mm-hmm. It did kind of feel like a trial balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> eh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not a fan um, of the partial the, unlock? The yeah. idea, it's, it's like video game DLC, but for uh. unlocked multiplayer players <laughs> in your CPU. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, at least it's not like you unlock it by paying more in real time, That's also right? true. So, mm. which is something that has been played with in the past, right? With cash. One thing I find interesting about all the laptops—we have a ton of laptop coverage on the site today, by the way. Uh, one thing I find interesting is that, from what I could tell, the vast majority of the new systems announced had the Core i7 8750H, which isn't partially unlocked, isn't fully unlocked anyway. So, right. I'd expect to see a lot more of that chip. Yeah, most future laptops. Uh, so the interesting thing is, like, yeah, I would sort of, I would expect the eighty seven fifty H to be kind of equal, but um, the eighty eight fifty H was in all the demo units. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, clearly they're probably not going to overclock much, but maybe some of the like, some of them might overclock a little bit. You know, maybe even two bins is not bad. Right. Hey, for free is free, right? Yep. Uh, one thing I do want to mention before we get too far. I want to point out for budget gamers, very important fact that I, I think is very interesting, is that the low end, so like this i5-8300H basically replaced an i5-whatever, 7300H, or kind of that range. That So right now, for your budget gaming laptop, which is to me about 1000 bucks for the 1060 Max Q part, yep. you're getting a quad-core Kaby Lake quad with no hyper-threading. With Coffee Lake... What you're gonna get is a quad core with hyperthreading, which huge difference, huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I was looking at the the base clocks are lower on the 8300H than a current 7700HQ, whatever it is. But um, 
the turbo is a little higher. Yeah. So it, it is. It is this new i five in Coffee Lake, even though it is is only a quad core, is yeah. likely going to be faster than what you currently get out of a top end gaming laptop. Right. Right. So that that's actually kind of a plus. If you're interested in the i five, that's the Acer Nitro five and the Dell XPS fifteen. Both those. Have okay. So device. they're going to have it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we have a couple questions regarding Optane. Um, the first one is uh, on. Where is this? Um, on uh, YouTube, which says, why can't they use Optane for integrated graphics uh, memory? Hmm. And then on Facebook, we have, is there going to be a mobile Optane? Oh, well, yes. before, yeah. In fact, Mark, I mean, we're, we're here. In fact, that was part of the big announcement. It's like, yeah, we, exactly. got, we yeah. got mobile Optane now, right? Yep. yep. So, I mean, let's, I guess, to talk a little bit about that. So, Intel's migrating Optane into the mobile space, and they're using, they're, they're pushing Optane memory. Um, which is still one of those things that's kind of confusing. Um, but what they're trying to do is is simply brand it because, you know, they have the, so the Intel inside and they have the stickers on laptops that sort of tell you, obviously, what processor it is. But now they're going to be using this sort of this odd uh, plus designation to tell you what's going to be on in if you, have like a, if you have a laptop with Optane memory inside. So, in other words, you have traditional i5, i7, i9, or i3, i5, i7, i9 now. And now you're going to have i5+, plus, i7+, plus, and i9+, plus to sort of tell you that Optane memory is there in the system. And like Brad said, you know, that's how we're getting those faster um, performance numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, (laughs) I mean, if you look at it from a branding standpoint, you say, oh, the good, good, better, best thing from i3, i5, i7 was great. It was understandable. Then they added i9. Well, now they've kind of blown that up one more dimension where they've sort of added the plus. So you have a good, slightly better, best, whatever it might be. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of an odd way to, to tell people about it because I don't think that the plus tells anybody anything about what's inside the thing. Well, it tells you it's a plus, Mark. It's a plus. It's a plus. I, mean, you know, I don't want minus. Yeah. What does that mean? Core i7 minus? Exactly. That's like a Core i6. I mean, Intel already it, has challenges enough explaining what Optane is, and now you're putting Optane memory in the mobile space, and you're putting this branding and designation with to it. I think maybe over time people will get it, but I think from the get-go, people are going to be like, what, the, what, are, what is this? What am, what am I, I think I, I think that's kind of smart on their part for normal people who don't follow PC World. Oh, I agree. From the pluses like, if cool. you walk into Best Buy, and you're like, hey, this is a core i7 what's a core i7 plus and then it's, the salesman would be like well let me tell you about that that's a plus <laughs> i hope <laughs> <Yeah>. he would <laughs> if it were bad we wouldn't put plus on it yeah although i gotta say i i in so people need to know there's no difference because when they first showed us this logo at the, the briefing everybody was like wait is this a different skew right different like bin it's like no it's exact same same thing core i7 core i5 but it tells you that certain device or laptop or desktop that has Optane support. Yep. Or has so what Optane, is Optane memory. I don't think that's common knowledge at this point. So can you just give us a TLDR on that? So it's basically Intel's, you know, Intel and Micron jointly d- developed a, a 3D mm-hmm. super whiz bang amazing, you know, non volatile memory. That's right. That is the easiest way to think of it is the performance of it's halfway between RAM and an SSD. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, wickedly fast. And right now, in SSDs, it it's incredibly fast at really low Q depth workloads. It it is pretty amazing stuff. Um, it's also extremely expensive yep. um, compared to what you're getting out of an SSD NAND. Uh, and it was also first introduced with Optane as Optane memory to use to cache a hard drive. Right. And, and that that's is actually what, that's what this is, right? Which is what they're going back to. For this. Well, they're both. I mean, yeah. so the Optane. I think the plus could mean, hey, you're getting a lap gaming laptop with an Optane drive as a primary drive. Yeah, 
And it also means you might also get it with Optane Memory, which I, I got to say, and this is one thing I want to point out. I think Optane Memory, as for an enthusiast, made no sense. Right. For a budget person, yeah, it's, it's way better than a hard drive, believe me. It's right. way better than a hard drive. But what I think uh, is really going to appeal to enthusiasts now is you can use it for your data drive. That's right? the thing we got to talk about. Yep. Right. So you can have a hard drive or you can have a, your gaming system or a laptop where you boot off of your primary SSD, whatever it is, a 512 gig or mm-hmm. even 256 gig. And then you have your big fat hard drive with all right. your games on it. And you can use Optane to cache that drive. Right. Which is which makes a lot of sense because I mean, yeah, you've got an SSD that you want to store your operating system on. But yeah, we have we don't you know, we can't run games off of an SSD. I mean you right. can, but you'd need a, a truckload of money. So yeah, everybody's got like a six gig or sorry, a six terabyte drive or whatever it might be to store your games on. And yeah, it's it's slow. I mean it's not slow, but it's slower. It's slow. Yeah, it's yeah. slow. And it's, so yeah, I mean they see Optane as sort of the way to, to accelerate that, especially if you're I guess you're playing this playing the same game, you know, over and over and over. So it's gonna just, you know, obviously load levels quicker. Load the, oper- load the game quicker, that type of thing, which is smart. I mean, you know, I think it's funny because I mean, you know, as an Xbox user, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd want that as you'd want that on the uh, on the console side as well. But of course, you know, this is an AMD owned console space, so you can't do it with that. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah, yeah. and you like Optane in a yeah. in a game console would greatly improve their. Mm-hmm. Their SSD perform. Oh wait, yeah. none of them use SSDs. No, I mean, where's SSDs. Elena when I need her to, yep. to throw Elena? Yeah, it's all hard drives. Uh, uh, although, so I got a question. Oh, I got a go. question. So that's new, right? Like when uh, Optane Memory first came out on desktops, you couldn't use it with an SSD. You had to just use the cache and a hard drive, right? You could use it to cache an SSD, which of course you know, right? Was but you couldn't you, you couldn't use a secondary drive. No, it had to be no. one primary drive. Yeah. So this is a new capability. Is this coming to desktops? Do you know? Yes. Or is this just only announced for this at this point? Uh, it's a mobile. It's basically gonna. It's a feature if you have currently can support Optane. Mm-hmm. If you have a chipset that supports it, you can with the latest drivers, you can support caching a data drive. So they're backdating yeah. it to current Z370 boards that have Optane, probably mm-hmm. Z270 that has it. Yep. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah. 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 Really, I, yeah. I think that's a nice feature. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, six terabyte drive with a 32 gig Optane drive, which is about 70 bucks. Yeah. You know, yeah, the first time you play that game, it's going to be hard drive speed because you got to cache it to the SSD. But the second time you play it, it's going to be loading at Optane speeds, which is just, it's, it's a great feature. It's a really good feature. Yeah, it's a smart move. Yeah, I, I really like that. Although I got to say, for people who like to, if they're wearing, put on your uh, aluminum foil hat, you could also, I could also see where Intel's going with Core i9 Plus or Core, their Plus series. Optane is a wholly created technology by Intel and Micron. They control it. Their ultimate goal is to take Optane and put it into a DIMM slot, right? Right. They've, they're not going to likely give that to the industry initially. They may later on, but they're not going to like, hey, AMD, here's how you integrate Optane into your Ryzen chips. They're going to be like, no, we're going to, this is, we want you to buy our stuff. You get a, you get a Core i7 Plus that has Optane in a, in a DIMM slot. And mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, three or who knows how far down the road. It's going to be a, a really big, you know, advantage for Intel eventually. It's a really interesting, I mean, we have all of a sudden, we have some really interesting strategies of, of vendors trying to create effective lock-in. Right. I mean, we had, I mean, you guys discussed the NVIDIA stuff a while back, which is a separate issue, but we have Intel doing its one thing and then NVIDIA doing its thing. AMD really hasn't done anything like that. But I mean, again, we're starting to see Intel say, look, here's the advantage of an all Intel system. Um, why would you consider the other guy? Right. Yeah. So we have uh, Adam Patrick Murray on YouTube saying uh, console fan here. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought he was on vacation, but I guess yeah, who knows? And then also, what better way to relax than to kick back and watch the full nerd? There you go, exactly from the beach. From the beach. Yes, and since you guys brought it up, there are questions about AMD. Um, so one is, uh, when do you think uh, a six-core mobile AMD will uh, be released? I was, I was that on the way in, yeah. Of course, and uh, also, are we going to see Threadripper and Ryzen high-end laptops in non-U.S. markets anytime soon? That's a big issue. I wasn't sure. I'm sure. Threadripper and a laptop. I don't know the answer to either of yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking about yeah. How does Intel respond? Or sorry, how does AMD respond like Mobile Ryzen and so forth? I, you know, I don't. Yeah, and that has been a problem for them. We've so far only seen APU. I know their roadmap does have you know more official higher-end parts. Yeah. I would say, you know, AMD's got a lot on its plate. I wouldn't expect it till, you know, next year, honestly. Uh, you know, clearly they have uh, uh, give you, giving you more cores <laughs> per, per, per socket is their, their thing. I would expect them not to do six cores. I would expect AMD to say, hey, we're doing eight core, whatever, yeah. right? So they might gonna... just want to stick to their sweet spot right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if they try to do too much, you know, it's going to be hard, right? So, and it is breaking into mobile. And I think we said this a while ago. Desktops, one thing, Intel, let's be honest, doesn't care about desktops that much. Doesn't move a lot of product, doesn't move a lot of volume. Uh, laptops and servers, they will defend like it is, you know, the very end, right? They will defend yep. that tooth and nail. So they are going to, this is where you're going to see Intel fight mm-hmm. as hard as possible mm-hmm. is in laptop and servers. Yep. Um, for AMD to break into that market, it's going to take a lot more. Yep. Should we use it as a segue into talking oh. about desktop stuff? Oh, we should actually. Yeah. Do we? Have, we let's take a couple of minutes talking yeah. about desktop. Yeah. So we have new Copy Lake desktop CPUs as well, um, and these aren't really. Eh, I don't know. I mean, they're from the speeds and feeds. They're not really all that hot. There we go. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but we start out with a couple of standard power chips, the 65 watt chips, 162. Core i5 8600, the Core i5 8500, then Core i3 8300. So we have uh, the Core i5 8600 is a 3.1 base, 4.3 boost, six cores, six threads. So, you know, that kind of tells you right there that uh, you're not talking about like the, the top of the heap here. Um, ditto for the 8500 and the 8300, six cores, six threads, four cores, four threads for the 8300. And then you go into the low power stuff, which is also a little bit more interesting. Uh, there you've got a six core, 12 core part, or sorry, six core, 12 thread part, the 8700T, and that's 2.4 gigahertz, boosting to four, 12 megs of cache, and you see the prices down to the right-hand side, 213 for the 8600. 303 for the 8700T, and then straight down from there. Again, all two channels, DDR4, 2666. Um, And you can just sort of look at them on your own leisure. Um, You know, what's new about these from Intel's perspective is that they have, well, they also have four new chipsets to accompany them, uh, which is nice because we have a little variety. Oh, we should, do we have, I think we have the chipset slides. Is that the 300? Yeah, 300. The four chipsets, which is the big deal to me, here. To me, that's the, that's the bigger deal. Yeah, to me, I consider yeah, yeah. these CPUs to be like Brad's lineup right. filler. Yep, Brad's but right. But the, the chipsets are the bigger deal. Yeah, exactly. So quickly, the chipsets. I mean, you can look at the speeds and feeds there. One thing that Intel's really pushing here is the fact that these now have uh, act like smart speakers. Uh, they have um, oh hell, what the, what's the term that Intel's using for this? Um, smart sound. Thank you. Uh, well, no, not quite that. Too. I don't think I have. Um, oh. Then. Active voice? No, it's thermal. 
super thermal power thing. Uh, voice. I'll find it. I'll find it. All I right. I'll, I, I have it here. Right modern there. standby. That's it. It's like Modern Family. Oh. Um, modern standby, which basically just puts it in a low power state, allows it to respond to voice, which again, that means you can go ahead and yell at it like a smart speaker. Uh, Intel now is really actively promoting both Cortana as well as Alexa. Uh, Alexa is coming to the app. Microsoft actually is integrating Alexa into Cortana, um, although that's still sort of TBD as far as when it's going to come out. Um, but again, that's the idea behind this. Um, and then, like Brad said, you know, let's talk a little chipsets again a little bit more. That's that's sort of the key. Yeah, well, that's the big deal to me because, mm-hmm. like, when uh, the first wave of uh, these Intel 8 Gen chips came out with the 8700K and everything, you know, the 8700K kicked butt, put it in a Z370 motherboard. You know, it's a great, great chip. But the problem is those enthusiast class Z370 motherboards were the only motherboards released at the time. So if you wanted to buy like a Core i3 chip that costs 110 bucks, you'd have to buy a $130 motherboard to put in, and that made no sense. <laughs> yeah. So they're releasing, I forget, three or four new chipsets today, the full lineup, what you would expect from a desktop processor generation, from budget stuff to right up to right below the Z370. So. There's yeah. a whole bunch of options. And then H370 is going to appeal to most budget yeah. budget gamers. Right. You know, single by 16 and uh, all the other good stuff. Integrated uh, USB 3.1 native and uh, 802.11ac mm-hmm. sort of kind of. Again, Optane, Optane, Optane. And they all support Optane except for yeah. one bizarre chipset. The H10, which, H310, yeah. the cheap one. Right. That must exactly. be almost, a, you know, like an older product that they just relabeled as a 3 series, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to find. I thought I, I they must have slipped in like a new Celeron. I swear. It, it, no, it it's not, not there actually. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Those old, so uh, old. all of these uh, chipsets, the new ones, they don't support overclocking or DD4 overclocking because Intel locks that to the Z370 boards. So if you're going to look for overclocking, those are still the boards you want to get, though. Yeah, but you know, most likely if you're buying a Core i3 or a Celeron. Or, yeah, you're not. Or this is, a, I swear to God, see, they always slipping stuff in. This new Pentium G5600, which is a two core, four thread, three nine, uh, three nine clock, brand new, 86 bucks. I suspect that is, of course, a coffee lake part, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, for the most part, just a, a KB lake. But yeah, look at, they just uh, slipped in a bunch of new Pentiums here. <laughs> See, maybe I just haven't been paying attention to the PC world much, but I haven't heard Celeron and Pentium, I feel like, in a long time myself. <laughs> well, it's like, what, what year are we in? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, I, they're really they, good parts, right? For they what they are. They heavy marketing, but if you buy a sub $500 PC, that's what you're going to get in them, unless mm-hmm. you get an AMD APU. Right. And, you know, I, you're, you're getting very decent clocks. You're getting dual core, right? So. Right. All right. Uh, should we take some questions from the audience? So, yeah, no major questions, but I will say um, there are a lot of comments that say this is the best PC show ever. Um, <laughs> Adam's watching, so I don't know if, if he gets that normally or if it's just <laughs> because I'm hosting today. So, is he looking at you sitting in that seat going, gosh? Yeah, with the, so, with the... so when, when Adam's here, it's like the full nerd, but with Dan here, it's like full nerd plus. Full nerd oh, plus. That's true. This is You're the boosted, right, the super boosted version. <laughs> so wait, there there must be a question from Adam Patrick Murray. He's probably asking like, "Did I leave my Cheetos on the desk there?" Is uh, that no? Uh, well, he left other junk around. He 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 wasn't signed fully in. Um, but yeah, so what is our next topic? 
So the next topic is, of course, uh, Hades Canyon. Hi, and, everybody. Uh, we had Mark instant puff himself into Elena. Yeah, he <laughs> took a shave. He got he shaved he real shave. quick. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, uh, other big news. Holy smokes, there's just so much intel news these days. I haven't even managed to wrap my brain around everything that was announced today. It's crazy, but... <laughs> Uh, the cool thing, though, that last week Elena covered is Hades Canyon. We have them right in front of us. For those who have never seen it, these are basically the first one. Of course, I'm going to date myself. The first one is a VHS size cassette tape. Like, that's what the original uh, Skull Canyon was last year, right? No, Skull Canyon was 2016. Oh, so this geez. is this is the predecessor to Hades Canyon right here. Right. Um, much smaller. I, I actually weighed them. I think this one is about half the weight of this one. So this one's like ultra book laptop weight. So it's like uh, two pounds, 13 point something ounces. Wow. And then this one's about half of that. Huh. It's dense. still nothing. It's really pounds. dense in the hand. But, but I will say one is, uh, one will smoke the other, right? Yeah. Well, we've this, come a long way in two years. Iris, it doesn't even have Iris Plus. Does it have Iris Pro? Cause it's it was, Iris Pro. So this was the best you could get integrated graphics at the time. Probably, arguably, still probably the best you can get integrated graphics now. Yeah. They haven't really pushed the Pro line in a they while. They just did. They just, in oh, did fact, they? they See, just, I haven't been up to, I haven't gotten up to date yet today. <laughs> today, they I'm also announced, behind. we're not going to talk about it too much, but at that 28 watt TDP point, they also introduced the uh, Iris Plus lineup. 28 watts uh you know uh, embedded you know ed ram but they've also said hey we're gonna these are 128 gig ed ram parts or gig meg 128 megabyte ed ram parts so they're they they would they're the spiritual replacement of that that'll be interesting they're also how they do then yeah and they usually go into uh classic macbook pro right that's a classic chip for the macbook pro so iris plus but nobody cares about that. We want to know about <laughs> want, the Hades Canyon. Yeah. So that has, no, that's got a real part in there. Yeah. So this is a little different than the chips you've been discussing earlier in the show. This one has, um, it's basically the Intel equivalent of a, an AMD APU. So you have both the CPU component and a GPU component in a single package. Um, as everybody knows, this is an AMD or Intel Heart AMD pairing. Yes. yes. So inside we have Radeon. Ooh, let me see if I get this right. Radeon RX Vega M graphics. GL or GH. Right. And so there's two versions of Hades Canyon. Last time for Skull Canyon, there was only just the one and it only had the uh, Iris Pro 580 integrated graphics and then this time Hades Canyon has two configurations we had the higher end config uh, the gaming version which has the Core i7-8809G inside so that's a, a quad core roughly 45 watt H part equivalent for the CPU side of things uh, let's see base clock is 3.1 gigahertz turbos up to 4.2 which is a pretty good spread, I think. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And it's actually a little bit more than some of the uh, f four core H parts when I was looking at the oh, charts really? this morning. Yeah, it looks like their base clock is a little lower, like 2.6 for the four. And even for the six cores, it's lower, but six cores is a little different beast Wait, anyway. All right. Um, and then the Radeon side of things, you have, let's see, it's the Vega MGH part. So that one is 24 compute units. 
they're running at uh, 1,063 megahertz base, and then 1,190 megahertz for boost. Okay, I'm sorry. What was the boost with, on the on the CPU? On the CPU side, boost is 4.2. Oh yeah, okay. It's like a higher, 750H. It's also a higher that. base clock, though. That's what I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a higher base clock. Good solid like five or 600 megahertz higher. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, what is that? 2.5. So the 8750H is 2.2 and the 8850H, which is going to be used in most laptops, is 2.6. Yeah, so, so roughly about 500. But, uh, you know, of course, base clocks. Yeah, I mean, you know, doesn't matter as much these days since it looks like a lot of laptops will hold kind of between base and yeah. turbo these days. Yeah, and the better the laptop, the better the cooling. and the Yeah. So it was running at higher clocks. Yeah, so... Um, Gosh, I don't even know where to start in terms of performance. Do we want to talk about well, real, all the parts inside? Do we yeah. talk about performance? Is it, is it a butt kicking between the Iris Pro and the... Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're talking about integrated graphics versus discrete. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned. It's uh, four gigs of HBM2 memory in here for the uh, GPU side. Hmm. You said there's a question there? Yeah, so we have a couple of questions. Uh, first, Enigma on uh, Twitch is saying... Does it include a power cord? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> See, now people don't know what that reference hilarious. is. So. Um, no, this is hilarious because even though I don't get the reference, um, I actually literally asked Gordon. I was like, should I bring the power bricks? He's like, sure, why not? So I've just, as you can see, I have them sitting in my lap. It is a 230-watt power brick Can I see for Hades. Hades. Wow. That looks Canyon. the size of the nook itself. Can I see the... <laughs> is that another nook? <laughs> so this no. is the original shot for people on audio listeners. I'm holding up the previous Skull Canyon, and the power brick for the Hades Canyon is almost the same size <laughs> as the actual Skull Canyon. It'll be tucked behind your desk. So, and then people don't <laughs> understand that joke, so long-time nook users will get it. So, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I ain't oh, making this right. up. Oh, that's right. They didn't include the power the cable. Nook, you got the <laughs> nook. God. You got the power brick. You didn't get this. Right? Yeah, you, you didn't get the Mickey Mouse. You did Mouse not with, get uh, the 25-cent yeah. uh, cable. <laughs> and I was like... Totally forgot. Um... I, I I got my review, you know, way back, and it's like, hey, it didn't come with a power cable. Like, oh, well, we figured you had one. It's like, well, yeah, but I mean, that's not that's not okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you had to buy this the the Mickey Mouse adapter part, so you actually plug it into the wall. I totally forgot about that. Yes, yes, that that was a, the re- old school reference to that burn on the original. Note. Wow. I think that when they came out with the second iteration, they were like, hey, Gordon. Guess what? <laughs> We're throwing in the cable. Ooh. All right, I, I'm buying the Escalade now. I wasn't going to buy it. You give me the you give me the floor mats. I'll take it. I will take. That's it. It's the whole floor mats thing. You should get a, spe- a special thanks in the user manual. You should, yeah. right? <laughs> Shout out. I had to walk off the lot though. Memorial. You walk off the cable. lot. Oh, this. <laughs> So, what can you really play on the Hades Canyon? That's what I want to know. Yeah, basically, what I mean, resolution? people on Twitch uh, and YouTube are asking, who is this for? So, um, I think that this is going to be for people who are very much space constrained and for whatever reason don't necessarily want to go with a laptop. So, honestly speaking, this is this is more expensive as a bare bones system because it only comes as a bare bones systems unless you buy it from like a reseller who's like kitted it out. And so you're paying a thousand dollars for this bare bones system, and then once you throw in your SSD and your RAM, given prices nowadays, and, oh, your, OS. and, and your OS, given the prices nowadays for those components, um, I 
roughly estimated our review unit, which came pre-equipped with everything, to be about $1,500 out Whoa. the door. It's pretty expensive. And I mean, that's that puts you into gaming laptop territory already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say that this is for somebody who's not planning to travel much with it, or they're definitely traveling between places that have monitor, keyboard, mouse setup. And for whatever reason, they just want a really compact desktop system that they can you know, open up, configure a little bit more. Um, one of the things that Gordon and I talked about, uh, in addition to being just you know, standard gaming PC, um, in terms of you know, Intel's marketing, they also are touting this as a VR system. So Gordon and I were talking about how like, if you could find some kind of external battery source, you could po- potentially set up your own backpack VR experience with this. Mm. Right. Um, other than that, I I think that the the kind of the group that would this would appeal to is actually a bit smaller than Skull Canyon, which was one of the factors that played into my overall evaluation and score ultimately. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely a very niche, yeah. niche right? For for practical gaming, yeah. Use. And it's it's a little harder to justify. I honestly think that this is more of a showpiece for KB Lake G than anything else. Just this, yep. you know, kind of say like, "Hey, like this is what you can do with this chip," because when we reviewed Skull Canyon, or when I reviewed Skull Canyon almost two years ago, the mini PC market was pretty uneven in what you could get. It was mostly focused on like mainstream applications, so a lot of like mobile chips, not a lot of you know graphics or sorry, discrete graphic models. And now the landscape's different. So like Zotac and Gigabyte have, you know, 1060, 1070, even 1080 models. I mean, obviously the 1070, 1080 models are going to be bigger than this. But if you're looking for still small form factor that takes a relatively small footprint, you can get that with more power if you want to. Right. So and I think I think when uh, KB Lake G was first announced, they said that they plan on selling this to partners as well for, to make other PCs, maybe a MacBook, who knows. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was priced slightly higher to do just what you say, show off how much butt it kicks, and then they can still sell it to Dell or Zotac, and they can make a little PC like that, and Intel won't undercut them on pricing. Right. So I guess maybe a little akin to the whole like NVIDIA Founders Edition cards in that regard. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Maybe not quite so much of a premium, but similar, as you were saying, Brad. Mm-hmm. Right, and so the comp- competing Nook style things would be cheaper. I mean, right. we have seen that, right? Because we saw Nooks from ASUS and Gigabyte before, yeah. and and the like. So, hmm. uh, and it is crazy. I, I gotta say, I do I mean, wonder if there's like a digital signage use because it is yeah. Insane so this is like insane with the ports, right? So because it's about, I would say, maybe roughly one and a half times the height of Skull Canyon, they are able to cram a ton more ports on here. I'm not sure if you can see it from the camera angle being so far away, but we have six total USB type A ports. One is a 3.1. The rest are 3.0. We have, uh, let's see, is it one or two? Oh, it's one USB-C, standard USB-C port for... Um, I thought two Thunderbolts. Well, and two the, Thunderbolt 3s. There's, there's two Thunderbolt 3s in the back, but there's a, just a standard oh, oh, right. one on the front. You have two gigabit Ethernet ports you have two mini display ports. You have two HDMI ports, standard HDMI, not like the mini HDMI like you would find on those there's like little square. Two? Where's the other? Yeah, H- one on the oh, front, in front, one on the back. And there's still an SD card reader. So pretty much you're not going to be wanting for ports on this, which I guess is a small 
bump in its favor over, say, like a gaming laptop. So yeah. if you're if you're looking for an application that requires a lot of monitor output, this is definitely the machine for you because they were telling me this supports up to six 4K monitors simultaneously. Right. Five at 60 hertz and then the remaining one at 30 hertz. Oh, so I mean, the classic use case scenarios here is uh, day traders, right? You see them in Wall Street with a you know six big giant panels. Is there? Yeah. Or making tons of money. Whatever. Yeah. You could see How does that. a game? That's my question. <laughs> oh, How yes. does a game? Um, oh, I forgot. There's two separate audio jacks, too. One's for, one supports digital audio, so Toslink, and the other I one think is it's loaded. Yeah. yeah, it's super loaded. And apparently it has um, some kind of fancy microphone array on there, too. Is it being Oh, near film? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. She's not going to tell you, Brad. She's just teasing you. Just teasing Everybody wants you. to know how well. Okay, so is. gaming, right? This is where we want to start. Which is, I, I asked earlier. It's like, should I start with performance? And I was like, no. Let's answer some questions. <laughs> well, it builds about up the, the builds up the suspense. <laughs> okay, so to keep with the suspense, I'll start with the uh, the older games first. How um, old? Tomb Raider, 2013, okay. right. going back, what, five years now? Um, so I ran Tomb Raider on Ultimate at 1080p, because this is pretty much a 1080p system. And I got, like, locked in, that benchmark locked in, like, right above the 60 frames per second mark on Ultimate, which, for a game that old, I, I wasn't super impressed, but as we both know, or as we all know here, Tomb Raider tends to be a little more CPU-dependent or influenced by CPU performance. So, oh, one thing I didn't mention yet, which was, so, you know how earlier I mentioned that um, the CPU is roughly equivalent to a 45-watt part? That's because the entire package is rated at a TDP of 100 watts. But there's what they call, I think, dynamic tuning going on, which means that depending on whatever CPU and GPU load is happening at the time, they will dynamically um, manage how much power is being drawn by each. And so the explanation for that is a little complicated, but essentially it's just to make sure you can get the most performance out of each side. Right. Makes sense. But given that in a game you're going to be tapping both, I wonder if that's honestly what's happening with Tomb Raider, which is why we're not seeing even higher um, yeah, frame rate because it's it's loading both of them up. So yeah, one of them's being cut back. Right. So Tomb Raider about sixty frames per second. Um, going forward in time, Shadow of Mordor uh, sixty four frames per second on Ultra with the four uh, K texture pack on. Oh. Not terrible. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, still. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's still an older game. Like what? It's almost like yeah. four years now. Okay, four years. It's still. I mean, we haven't come that. Yeah. F- there's uh, any other uh, game stuff? I mean, yeah. yeah. So I'm um, going forward in time. Oh. So Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, on very high DX11, so not DX12, uh, f- about 51 frames per second on very high, which is pretty good. I That's think that game really decent. That game's pretty. That is really decent. This to me, this is all impressing the heck out of me for you know a thing in a box that small. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it bodes well if somebody if we, when we start to see KB Lake G laptops, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then going even more forward, Shadow of War, so Middle Earth Shadow of War, which is the newer game, the sequel to Shadow of Mordor. Um, so I cranked everything up, uh, put it on ultra. That got only thirty, like mid thirties, thirty four frames per second. Um, if you drop it down to high, it goes about to like mid forties. And then I think if you drop it down again to like whatever they call it, normal or medium, then it's like uh, mid fifties. Hmm. So 
it's kind of at that point, it's just kind of based on how pretty you really want the game to be. Oh, okay, I I really have not used that gamer for much testing. Is it? Is that? Do you think it's something where the four gigs of HBM two is kind of a limiting factor, or just simply the the GPU? I haven't, I haven't poked around to that game much. Okay, not yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I just turned it. I just put it on the machine just so we could see how it does in like very new games because that only came out in like October, so it's still a w- very contemporary. I game. wouldn't be surprised if that ultra textures might make a difference and that might be the four gigabytes hbm that's bumping into uh but i mean i personally wouldn't necessarily go into this machine expecting to play the newest games on ultra settings with it so i I think this all sounds respectful to me still i i think i agree but i just like to know how it does and (laughs) i just wanted to show that you you know you can play newer games how did doing PUBG? That, that womps on the console experience. Thirty-four <laughs> frames per second. Brad, <laughs> console's two hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of PUBG. speaking of, this does support FreeSync because it's an oh. AMD part inside. Okay, I forgot to mention that too. Uh, did you test it on the bayonetta? I did not test it on the bayonetta, <laughs> but I did fire up PUBG at uh, Gordon's behest. I just want to know. Um, so I have to, I, I did this in the review video and I have to preface it again here. I have never played PUBG before benchmarking <laughs> this uh, system. And as a result, I don't think necessarily my, my, uh, my experience will be like a locked in indication of your experience when you play on this machine because i kept wandering the edges forever <laughs> trying to find where the action was um and which then you is, died suddenly is that what happened yeah I stayed so out. that's exactly I stayed what out. everybody does well, no PUBG. no but i stayed out as most not because someone killed me although at one point someone was firing at me and i was like man you're a really bad shot because i can hear the bullets whizzing by me and you still haven't killed mm-hmm. me yet and then i wandered away <laughs> um, that's that's PUBG. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then um no, I died because I just was out in the blue zone too long. That or, happens to you. That's PUBG. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. It's like, oh, I'm stuck here uh, again. Well, I guess I'm just expiring in about three seconds. <laughs> well, how did it? Oh, so how? Okay, so too too much suspense here. Okay, so I left it on high. Okay. Because I knew that this game has weird performance spikes, right? And yep. I got 55 frames per second each okay. time I was wandering aimlessly in the. Uh, hinterlands so but so, i don't know what it's going to do if you're in the middle of like you know five people suddenly pop up out of a building and you know are all shooting randomly at each other so you could probably i would anticipate some kind of frame rate drop at that point just given what i know about mm-hmm. this game's performance yeah although it is very cpu dependent right i mean a lot of people say yeah but that would that would also possibly kick in the balancing issues that she was talking about earlier but yeah, yeah that can that's 55 frames per second out in the woods that's great for you couldn't get that for the first six months that game was in early access. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that, I, I got to say, in the APU, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, on the Ryzen APU, definitely was, we're looking at, you know, 720 maybe. So it was really tough. I mean, I could play it. It wasn't the greatest. It, you know, kind of looked like a watercolor at some point, but it just, you know, that's definitely more. This is packing a lot more power. Of course, it costs a lot more too. So yeah, quite, would, what quite do a we bit equate more. this to as far as laptop graphics options? Like, is it oh like a seven thirty? Is it a ten eighty? What is it? Uh, according to what I was able to dig up, so I ended up comparing this in our benchmark charts to a lot of the laptops we reviewed, just because mm-hmm. it's about like the closest equivalent were mobile parts. It makes um, sense. 
And so for laptop side of things, it fell roughly between a GTX 1050 Ti and a GTX 1060, but a little bit more towards the 1060 side. So in that in that fairly big gulf between those two parts, it's a little bit more towards the 1060 performance. 1060 full tilt or 1060 max No, sorry, Q? max Q. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I almost okay. forgot to uh, add That's that. That's really good, actually. That's a lot better than I expected that graphics chip to do. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I think they're originally at CES, they're saying you'll get near 1060 max Q performance, kind of. And that's pretty much where it, it clocks in. So I would agree with that assessment. The the uh, Going back to the whole, you know, who would buy this question, though, because I've seen, um, what was it, that MSI... 1060 laptop that we really liked last year Mm -hmm. those like were hitting around that $1,500 mark if you found it on sale that's why I think it's kind of a harder proposition to say like oh this appeals to everybody just because you can get something that's portable um, for roughly the same price with similar performance yeah Yeah, you get a monitor speakers and a keyboard and mouse with it so it's right so it's going to be really a very specific group of people that are going to find this super appealing Oh, one thing you can't see because it's not plugged in is that, so uh, this is just for, you know, fun entertainment purposes, but Skull Canyon has this skull etched into the lid, which is removable and replaceable. Same thing here. You can replace the lid if you want, but if you stick with the stock one, which looks plain here, um, there's actually a glowing RGB LED skull that shows up once you plug it in and it's customizable so you can uh, change it to different colors if you like. Really? Yeah. Does it do patterns or just simply color? No, it's also patterns so it has like what breathing and strobing. Oh nice. Three different presets you can choose from. It's not really complicated but um, it's a reason to keep it visible as opposed to just mounting it with the included Visa bracket on the back of your monitor. Wow. So Matt Man on YouTube and Raphael on Facebook both are basically asking the same question. Um, what is the upgradability as far as video goes? Can you add like a an external GPU via Thunderbolt? Yes, it does support that. So you have two Thunderbolt 3 ports on the back. Both are uh, by four Thunderbolt 3. We've confirmed that. So it should very much support doing external graphics. Can you run two external GPUs in SLI, SLI. or Crossfire, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> that's the case where I would do it just because. I did not ask that, but that's definitely a question worth asking at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't because NVIDIA does lock stuff too, but I suppose you could do it with Crossfire. Crossfire? Two external Radeons and, the, and the, those are bridgeless. Those are bridgeless, mm-hmm. right? So you could... Yeah. Provided you can get your hands on some, sure. That'd be tough, though. Squeezing that it makes, all That makes the value proposition even more, because you're going to buy the external graphics dock, and then the graphics card to go in it, and then yeah. a Thunderbolt 3 cable. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it means that you're not limited to just whatever's inside, so you can always, you know, get some more life out of this down the road if you really want to. And it's... And especially because something I don't think we talked about, but really jumped out to me reading your review, I was actually really impressed with how the CPU side handled. Because like the high-end gaming laptops right now uh, have a 7700Q, and they all perform generally the same. And this thing, it looked like stomped it. So it has a pretty powerful CPU. So if a yeah. you know, few years down the line, you could hook up an external graphics card and still have a pretty banging system, I think. Yeah, it does pretty well. Like um, One of my things that I like to do when I test is to fire up Handbrake, which is basically something that hammers on the CPU because you're doing a, a transcode between, uh, like we do like a 
uh, conversion between a large M- MKV file down to a smaller MP4 file. And I usually like to let that run just to see how, uh, if it throttles, you know, what uh, clock speed it ends up hanging out at when it all heats up. And this one locked in right away at 3.9 gigahertz and just stayed there rock solid the whole time during the handbrake and code. Yeah, you know what's actually really interesting about this whole design too, because you remember you have the uh, GPU <laughs> and the and the memory, the memory for it, and the CPU on the same package, right? That EMIB package. So as you're saying, they can share 100 watts. Intel said like, look, uh, when the GPU doesn't need all the power, we push more to the CPU, right? So mm-hmm. it almost sounds like they can exceed 45 watts for the CPU because they they can monitor it very closely, right? And say, hey, we can we can take more from the GPU. This is not a GPU load. Run that the CPU at a higher clock. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. But why can't you do that in a, in a traditional gaming laptop um, with discrete graphics? It's like because just give them more power. They're like, well, if we gave people that capability, we'd be worried they would break something so if you <laughs> you actually then ran your it's CPU fair. up at a higher yeah and, and mm-hmm. i you know you kind of wonder like are they just trying to lock people into the email but it's a it's a valid concern right because you know you don't want people to nuke their laptop because you did some mistake or something and, yeah i will say one of the interesting things about the fact that everything's on the same package was looking at power draw so another thing i like another thing i like to do is to just kind of see what the max power draw is on these mini pcs because i feel like if you're looking at a mini pc you may actually also be concerned about how much power you're consuming otherwise why would mm-hmm. you just get like a big desktop right right um yep. so uh the skull canyon you know partially because it does also have integrated graphics um the highest the p- component that drew the m- most Oh, I can't speak today, <laughs> that drew the most uh, power during testing was the CPU. So I ran Prime N5, and that was the highest. On this one, it was during actual gaming, not even when I ran Furmark. Like, Furmark, I think it topped out at maybe 160-something watts. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's still not, it's not, it's a, it's a lot, good. but I mean, you're talking yeah. about discrete graphics. But it was during an actual gaming benchmark where it hit the top um my record my top recorded one i think is in the high or mid to high 170s but at one point i actually did see 180s informally while testing wow okay so there's something going on when both of them are fired up cpu and gpu are fired up that it just really pulls in that extra yeah i mean be interesting to run did you run prime 95 with firmware because that'd be like the no not at the same time I, could. <laughs> I, mean, I could try now, now that i'm actually done with the review well i'm actually not done done i'm trying to do some of the overclocking i didn't get to that in time for my review yeah and it, it is it is an unlocked part right mm-hmm. so that's it is an un- unlocked part so you can and it's not just the cpu side of thing you can overclock the cpu the gpu the hbm2 memory and the actual ram if you so choose yeah, and I think the guidance uh, from Intel was like their lab guys. You know, on in general, you could sort of expect an all-core overclock on this thing of like four six. I thought hey, was that, four was seven. Four, six, four, it was like oh yeah, damn, that's pretty good. Though, <laughs> so right? I mean, it depends what silicon you get, right? I mean, how you yeah. how you fare in the lottery? Yeah, it's always you know it's, that's why it's always it's never guaranteed. But they're saying in general, you could say, expect like above four five four six. That's pretty damn good, right? Yeah, that's but amazing. they also caution. They are very clear about this in the reviewer guidelines. Is that because it's a shared package, you're going to have to be very careful about how you overclock it. 
um, be, depending on your use case. So I think I'm pretty sure that four six or four seven is CPU only kind of task where mm-hmm. like all you're focusing on is just like your handbrake style and codes. Right. Like if you're trying to coax a lot out of this for gaming, I don't think you're gonna get nearly that much. Yeah, it's like that with the Ryzen APUs too. The new Ryzen APUs, like you can overclock both the segments of it, but if you want to game a bunch, ignore the CPU. Don't waste your time there. Crank the GPU. And I do wonder. Steals from each other. Yeah, I do wonder if you sort of get less graphics performance if you're really running a higher CPU overclock, right? Because then they go like, oh, we need to put the entire budget, power budget to the CPU. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure how much time I have to spend on overclocking, so we'll see how far I get with it. And I'm also interested to see how they're they're sort of partitioning power for what device. Like if they let you, I, I. should mess around with it, but did they let you go like I want to give you know priority to the GPU or priority to the CPU for overclock for power in general? So. I haven't dug into it yet. Okay, hmm. so I think we have time for one last question. Oh, okay, and Elvis is alive on YouTube and is asking how does this compare to computers like uh, the Spark from Digital Storm? Oh, so mini PCs or tiny PCs, right? Yeah, I got, and I'm the only one who here has seen both of them. I got to say, well. The Spark is uh, wa- <laughs> custom water-cooled 8700K with a 1060 <laughs> and an MXM module. So um, it'll smoke this because it's it's liquid-cooled, but it's also... It's also larger, though. It's larger. It's probably about twice, you know, about 2X, 2.3X the size in, in for pure volume over it. So for pure gaming performance, the Spark, and I think, gosh, they had a 1080 there, right? They, you know, because it's, it's, it's liquid cooled, they can really get a lot out of it. What's the price tag on that one again? Uh, it was, I think it was at, started at $1,500 for a 1060 part. Hmm. Um, one issue I will say with the Spark, the entire concept, which I like, and I like a lot, a lot of the MXM module based mm-hmm. Devices is I, everything I hear. NVIDIA is kind of moving away from MXM modules, so it may be harder to get okay. MXM module kind of mini computers in the future. I have directly asked NVIDIA that, and they said no. We still support MXM too, so I don't. I don't know. There's concern that they're not going to be able to source MXM, and then NVIDIA says no. We're still going to support it. Who knows, right? So I think we are right at the end here, though. Right. Are so we right on time again? Yes. If anybody has further questions about Hades Canyon, feel free to tweet at me. I'm happy to answer them. And then we'll One be- thing that I think that's cool about that uh, Hades Canyon is, uh, and can be like G, is that it uses the Radeon settings software like to update mm-hmm. your graphics drivers and whatnot, but it's all branded Intel Blue. <laughs> can you change that color? <laughs> I don't know. She has it. I haven't touched it. No, I'm just wondering if it's like customizable because, like, that. I know, like, for some it's... AMD people, they get angry. It's red. In the old days, it was green, though. So people, people don't forget that. So much confusion. Color. Everybody's got to pick their primary color for their product. It was a dark green, but that's where Nvidia is in that light green. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to take us out before we go over too much. We will see you next week. Check back again in one week for your hot fix of PC talk on the full nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review every time you do. Intel or AMD adds another core to CPU. Also, you can get us on Google Play or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. I'm Gordon Maung with Brad Charkas. Adios. Mark Hoffman, who is here, but he's leaving. And (laughs) Elaine Yee. Bye, everyone. And Dan will take us out. That's me. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) 